Let me talk to you a little bit about American Giant. You know, it's that same dream again. You walk down the long, spooky hallway. You know, the one with the creepy kids. Singing. I don't know why that creeps me out, but it does. Now you're standing in the classroom with your perfectly prepared essay on the mating habits of walruses. And as you start to speak, your clothing just dissolves and falls onto the floor. Now you're standing naked in front of the whole class and they're laughing at you, laughing at you. Oh, if only you hadn't bought cheap clothing manufactured in China. Jada, if only you'd bought American clothing from American Giant. We need to get back to the independent spirit of American manufacturing, where we build things to last. Right, right, even in your dreams. These are the clothes of your dreams, the American dream. Go to American-Giant.com slash Glenn. It's American-Giant.com slash Glenn. The one and only Andrew Dreis Claven joins us in, in just a second. Stand by. <laughs> America, it's Halloween, and the spookiest guy we know, Andrew Dice Claven, joins us in 60 seconds. Oh, it's the knock on the door. It came late at night. You open it, and there in the rain and the lightning and the thunder, he stands. Your real estate agent. He reaches up and removes the paper hat from his head. Sorry, I'm so late. I just got done delivering my last pizza for the night. And now it's... No, it's, uh, let's get started on your home. Get it ready for sale. It's only then, as you invite him in and he asks you, Do you have any beer? That you realize you've made a horrible mistake in choosing a real estate agent. Good thing I passed that real estate agent's test. Well, almost. Maybe you should have gone with real estate agents I trust. It's a company that I own. Yes, owned by the man himself, and we pair you with the best agents in your area. Yes, ones without the paper hats? Even those. They're people who know the best practices, full-time agents committed to bringing you the best home buying and selling experience possible. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Mr. Andrew Clavin, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you very much. You have the most entertaining commercials on the air. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> It's so uh, so good to talk to you. Very good, very good. 
Um, I, I, I guess you're here because you want to talk about this book called The House of Love and Death, which is I do fantastic, Andrew. I'm not going to say that on the air. Oops, we're on the air. Can stations <laughs> edit this out? Uh, it's it's fantastic, Andrew. Really fantastic. Now let me just let me just ask you a couple of questions. Couple of questions on it. All right. The 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 lead character, Cameron Winter, tough guy, old soul, loves classic literature, loves seeing bad guys get punished. Really, really smart. He sounds a little like you. <laughs> well, he's much better looking. That's the first thing. <laughs> well, that's 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 not hard. Elevates him. <laughs> <laughs> but but he is the development of the things I've been working on all my life about you know the question of how you can be a good man in a bad society, how you can uh, hold some uh, an ideal inside of yourself without becoming a fool, you know, and without expecting the world to live up to your ideals while you expect yourself to do it. These are things that came to me as a kid from all the tough guy literature I read. And it just seemed, you know, I was basically in the year 2000, I was watching TV and I saw all these, all these antiheroes come in, you know, the Sopranos, yeah. and Breaking Bad, and The Shield, and all one after. And I had been writing those in the 1990s. I'd been writing them for 10 years before that. And I started to think, you know, it's time to see if, how the bad guy becomes a good guy, how the antihero becomes a hero again. Yes. Because, because I thought those, those guys were basically an expression of outlawed masculinity. I thought the idea was you're not allowed to be a man, so only an outlaw can be a man. So we're going to tell stories about outlaws because we want to hear stories about men. And, and I think, like, I, I, my problem with that, obviously, is you wind up, you don't want to wind up admiring the Sopranos or admiring correct, a, a, a meth dealer. You know, and, and that's, I think, the, the position we put men in. It's why they follow a guy like Andrew Tate, who's a pimp and a woman abuser, because at least he speaks bluntly. At least, at least he speaks something yeah. that resembles the truth, as, as opposed to all the polite politically correct lies we're supposed to i find myself strangely attacked attracted to yellowstone for the same reason i i love the family values except their family kills people you know what i mean (laughs) it's like we want the old america back the one that makes sense hang him you know you're like no wait hold it something just happened <laughs> yes you know that that's it so so i made this character who has done all that he's done all the killing he's done the, the stuff that made him a bad guy and now he started to think wait a minute this is not who i started out to be how do i make my way back how do i make my way back and those those are the questions that the novels are sort of asking one at a time as he tries to find out the person that he was supposed to be, you know, it's not, it's not that simple. You know, it's not, it's not a simple thing to say in a society like ours, where people are just lying constantly telling you things about sex that aren't true, telling you things about money that aren't true, telling you all these things that aren't true. It's not easy to speak the truth and take the hits that you have to take. You get thrown off your social media to be, be hounded out of school, to be hounded out of jobs. How does he do that? How does he make that, happen especially as he's working at a university with all these stuff this stuff festers so it is it is kind of a reflection of things i've been thinking about though as i say he's a much much better looking guy than i and he's also a um uh the book also takes on a lot of stuff but but it's all kind of undercurrent never really takes it on in some ways uh just it's it's a reflection of today let me give you a few lines he had a white, brilliant smile. I can't. I can't stop looking at you. 
I'm not beautiful. I'm not even sure I want to be a girl yet. Oh, he said, oh, be a girl. And on the instant, she utterly was. Another one. And you what? Don't think Mateo's the murdering kind? More or less. Could he wipe out an entire family like that? Almost certainly not. Were you aware he was addicted to violent pornography? I wasn't. Uh, here's another one. Uh, Mateo and Lilia playing a VR game together in which he's bullied by anonymous player. Um, multiple uh, players get tied up with a uh, uh, mob of illegal drug runners. The inspector who's in cahoots with the Mexican drug runners tries to deflect any criticism by decrying racism. Feds have been dumping illegals up here for years. Mexicans mostly and some of them further south. Bus them in or fly them right up to the border. They break the law. They sneak into the country. Next thing you know, they're here in Maidenville. Or Maidenvale. Feds just drop them off and we're supposed to deal with it. Changes the whole demographics of the place. And what are we supposed to do? Pull jobs for them out of the air? This is a nice town. Nice people here. They work hard to get where they are. It's, it's not that they're being mean or anything. It's just too much, too fast, if you know what I'm saying. I mean, mental health, all of it. You hit all of it. But it's not... What? It's, it's where we live, you know? I'm just setting a story in the place that we live in and not trying to lie about it. That's all I'm doing. I'm not, it's, I'm all about the story. That's all I care about. But I'm not going to set it in fairyland. I'm tired of turning on Netflix and watching a world that doesn't exist and being told that my moral structure can only adhere in this fantasy world. I want to know what it means to be a good man in this world. And, and believe me, I'm getting, I get a lot of crap for this, you know, especially even from my own people, my own editors and things, you know, don't take that out. People alienate people and all this, but it's, but it's the world. It's just, what, what is my job? My job is to tell stories about the world, you know, and that's, and that's what I do. And so, it's not. Yeah. So what does it mean, Andrew, to be a good man in today's world? Well, I think it be- does begin with the truth. I mean, I think this is the thing that made me a mystery writer. The, the line that made me a mystery writer was at the first page of Raymond Chandler's The Big Sleep. His tough guy detective, Philip Marlowe, comes to a, a mansion and he sees a stained glass window with a picture of a knight trying to rescue a lady. And Philip Marlowe says to himself, if I lived in this house, I would have to climb up there and help him because he's just not getting the job done. <laughs> and I remember, I remember when I was 15 years old, I read that and I thought, yes, that's who I want to be. Because he, he's like this small, seedy, private detective in a small, seedy job. He doesn't make any money. He lives in modern Los Angeles, which is a terrible place. It's corrupt. Everybody, you know, everything is swept under the carpet. But he's got this knight inside him that he carries around and he understands it's going to get beaten up. It's going to get shot at. It's going to get him arrested. But he's just going to carry it around. And, and Chandler had this great line, which is where we get the, the phrase mean streets. He said, down these mean streets, a man must go who is not himself mean, who is neither tarnished nor afraid. And I remember at 15 just thinking, that's what I want. That's what I want of myself. That's the way I want the world to be for me. And that's the way the kind of people I want to write about. But it, I got uh, kind of sidetracked into anti-heroes because I was feeling the same way as everybody else, that there was no place for men to be men. So I might as well make them bad guys. And at least that, that way they could act freely. And now I just feel like, all right, that idea has played itself out. We've, we've looked at that. We've seen the Breaking Bad. We've seen the Sopranos. What does it mean to not be like that? What does it mean to do what Chandler said, to go down the mean streets and not be mean? And for me, 
it begins with the truth. It begins with speaking the truth, seeing the truth, not avoiding the truth, and then acting in a way that you know might, might get you canceled, might get you hurt, might get you killed, but you're going to do it anyway because that's what you are carrying inside you, you know? And to me, if that's not a basic Christian idea of, like, take up your cross, I don't know what, it, what is. It's basically taking, putting that in the modern world and taking the sandals off it and saying, no, this is, this is what you have to do just to wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and not feel like you're looking at a jerk and not feel like you're, you've lost something that was given to you at the beginning. This is what you have to do. And so that's, it's a hard thing. And it's a hard thing, especially because all of us have a past and all of us made, have made terrible mistakes. And all of us have to deal with those things first before moving forward. And that's why Cameron Winter's stories always go back and forth. He always tells about the past and the things he's done and then about the present and the story that he's in at the moment, because he has to deal with the things, the bad things before he can get on to something better. Publishers uh, Weekly says it's gripping the best yet. Uh, Cameron uh, Winter mystery series book. It's the house of love and death. It is excellent. Andrew Clavin is with us, the writer, the author, and the man. And uh, we'll continue with him in one minute. Stand by. I mean, I didn't even think leprechauns were real. You know, much less creepy. You know, I leprechaun. Really? I always saw him in a cereal box, but the weird, you know, faces and the habit of carrying an axe around. I mean, I didn't see that coming, but, you know, right before you, sitting there on your cereal box, sitting there sharpening his axe. So, he says, flashing a grisly smile filled with sharp yellow teeth. You want to steal me pot of gold, do you? No, I was just looking for some cereal. He jumps down, edging towards you with the axe. That's good, because you won't find it. I lost it in a boating accident along with all me guns. Best get you to Goldline instead, my friend. And then you're like, oh, and then next thing I knew, I was on the phone with Goldline asking about their exclusive and industry-leading two-ounce silver maple flex bars. You know, and I, they said, hey, by the way, if you buy these, you'll also receive at no additional cost. And I said, no additional cost? I got to tell the leprechaun. And they said, what? Never mind. 50 of the one uh, gram mind your business silver bars come with it. That means with every box of Maple Flex, not a cereal, not to be confused, you'll get 1,000 individual pieces of silver. And if you're uh, you know, one of the people who returned your survey to Goldline, you'll qualify for an additional bonus on top of this uh, special as well this week. Can't beat it. You asked for it. Call. Get it today. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Halloween, 10 seconds, station ID. Leaving you alone now. Ooh. Blah, blah, blah. All right, uh, Andrew Clavin. So, Andrew, can I, can I take you for a couple of minutes and, and ask you about, about the world we're living in? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. I'm... I'm I am shocked at how many times I hear people say, I don't know, I think Jesus might be coming. And I know everybody's been saying that forever, but it's kind of looking like, you know, Jesus might be coming. You know, I'm shocked by this, too, and I'm shocked by I'm hearing it. I'm hearing people who don't have any faith. Yes. Speaking in the language of faith, speaking about demons, speaking about how things are demonic and all this. And and, you know, I. I have to say that I've been looking at this for a long time. I mean, 
and I, you're always a lot more pessimistic than I am. <laughs> but, 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 I'm more pessimistic than anyone, Andrew. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I have to say that almost a year ago, I, I turned to my wife and we were talking about gender-affirming care, which means butchering the bodies of little children to yes. give them make-believe opposite sex costumes. And I said, you know, pretty soon they're going to start killing Jews because that's when evil rises. That's mm-hmm. always the devil's flagpole. That's always what you see. You yeah. know, it's not it's not that it's not that anti-Semitism is the worst thing. It's that it occurs where evil is. You know, that's yes. where it rises up. And so these things are all connected. There's no question about it. There's no question that this kind of materialist attitude that thinks that there's no such thing as a woman that thinks your body doesn't matter, that thinks that your body is no reference to something higher than itself. All of these ideas that come out of this and are central to the leftist vision, which is what all this is about, they're all connected. And, and it, it always ends with the killing of Jews because Jews are the theater in which God plays out his relationship with man. You know, the Jewish people are, are where God kind of tells us what's going on uh, in our lives. And so... <laughs> I don't even think, it's funny, I don't even think you have to believe in God to know this is true. You just have to accept the fact that God is a permanent part of human psychology uh, to understand what I'm talking about. And and look, I the, the Bible tells us we do not know when the end of yeah. days is coming, and I just take that absolutely on faith for the absolute truth. But we know when hints of it are in the air, and we know when the the path that man is treading on is that path. And I think that this is that moment. It's a really dark moment. And, uh, you know, I, I always, I've always told you that pessimists, pessimists are always right in the end. It's just how long the horizon is. Jesus <laughs> is coming. <laughs> it could be 5,000 years from now, but he is coming. Uh, you want to have some good times. Yeah. And it's really strange, though, that I, I feel like... Uh, that actually makes me more optimistic it's because it's it's kind of at times I get very, very, you know, dark at times. And I'm like, that's the only way. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how this is going to write itself. It always does. But I can't see that path. Can you? No, I'm having the same problem. And you really do. You really do. I mean, it sounds like the worst kind of cliche, but you have to have some trust in God and that he has a plan because when you try to game out the, the specific place we are right at this moment, it looks like, you know, fire and blood. It looks like war is coming. It looks like, uh, you know, the destruction of a, an idea, which is clearly a destructive idea. Our elites, <laughs> there's one thing that the COVID experience taught us is our elites are idiots. You know, they're not really doing a very good job. And the people who have the capacity to lead don't want to lead because who would want to under these situations? And it, it's, yeah, it's very difficult to think, well, if this happens and that happens and that happens, everything will be okay because it's hard to see that path. However, however, I have lived long enough to see it happen before. This is very much like the 1970s. It's darker, I got to admit. But in, you know, in the 1970s, the economy was bad. The culture was bad. The things people were saying were bad. The crime was miserable. And, and yet, you know, Reagan and Giuliani in New York turned things around simply by turning them around. You know, it was amazing how fast things changed, it got better, and they got better for a quarter of a century before we started going down this path again. So things do happen, and they're surprising, and, you know, you can always be surprised by the joyful things, just like you're surprised by the disasters. So I'm not trusting in my own 
sense of what what's going to happen. I'm waiting to see. But, uh, you know, I have to, I, you know, usually I'm the one who's the, the mask of comedy and you're the one who's the mask of tragedy. But I got to agree with you now that this is a dark moment. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at because you said our, our leaders are, you know, morons. Um, but <laughs> the war in Ukraine, the gas prices, the war in Israel, um, pretty much everything that is going on. That, that's not a mistake. It can't be a mistake. Can all of these be a mistake that this administration gets in? And I mean, everything they're doing seems to me to only fall in one direction. And that's the destruction of the country. And to have that batting average where it's always a bad ball. Uh, I mean, what are the odds? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I mean, sometimes I can picture like Barack Obama and George Soros sitting up in the attic, you know, with a crystal ball, <laughs> maneuvering, ma- manipulating everything. But but other times I just think, no, it's like a gigantic blob. They have these ideas. They can't. They're stuck in them. They can't get out of them. And they just all do the same things, even though they don't particularly agree even with one another. I think that we are at the, at the nadir of the idea of materialism, which actually has been with us for now five, 600 years. The idea that we are made of stuff, that we are nothing but stuff, that everything can be fixed by fixing the stuff. And, and I think that that idea has been unfolding very slowly. People saw it coming, Nietzsche saw it coming. You know, he said, we've killed God, we're gonna to have to become gods ourselves and make our own morality. Dostoevsky saw it coming. All these writers saw it coming, now it's here. Now we're at the moment when you know, in the brothers Karamazov, one of the brothers says, when you give up God, when you give up immor- the idea of immortality, not only do you have to get rid of morality, you have to turn morality on its head and evil has to become good and mm-hmm. the ego has to become everything. And I think that that's, that's where we're at. And what, what you hope is that you hit the ground and you bounce back. You know, you get the dead cat bounce where you start to say, okay, that didn't yeah. work. Maybe we, maybe we should try another idea. <laughs> yeah. But it is amazing how long people can hold on to a self-destructive idea. Uh, Andrew Clavin, I'd love to have you on a podcast and love to have you more frequent guest if you would ever make the time for it. I just love you so much. I think you're an amazing oh. man. You are a good man uh, and uh, a great father. So thank you. Uh, well, back at you, Glenn. I'll come on anytime. Okay. Anytime. Andrew Clavin, the name of the book, it's out now. It's really exceptional. Very, very good. The House of Love and Death, uh, Cameron Winter Mystery, the, love, the House of Love and Death. Get it wherever you get your books now. It's on sale today. The Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS 182334, Now I know what you're thinking. What's old lunch pale Joe Biden doing a Christmas commercial for? Uh, it's, it's Halloween commercial, Joe. Quiet, fat. Now, as I was saying, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, I'm here to remind you that Santa's bringing you a whole stocking full of more Bidenomics for Halloween. Halloween. Jack, no joke. And if you thought this year was great for your wallet, wait until you see what we've got in store for you. You know, <laughs> Merry Halloween from Corn Pop and me. 
Okay, now might be a really good time to call the non-spooky people at American Financing. This Halloween, their salary-based mortgage consultants are ready to start with a free, no-obligation savings review, and they could help you close on a cash-out refi of your home's mortgage, which could help you get a leg up on the high-interest debts. Credit cards, now as high as 33% interest. That's insanity. Call American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440-AmericanFinancing.net. Subscribe to Blaze TV and save blazetv.com slash Glenn. The code is Glenn Plus. You'll save 36 bucks. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. There is some good news coming out of Washington. Our new Speaker of the House has just uh, put together a bill that is uh, is going to help fund some of the arms that go to uh, Israel. Some of the things we're doing to help Israel. Uh, but it is fully funded uh, by cutting, taking that money away from the IRS. Oh, let's see how much they want to help Israel now. Uh, and an interesting thing that he starts with Israel and tying it to Israel and not to the Ukraine. I think very smart move. By the way, speaking of Ukraine, I don't know if you saw the uh, interview with Zelensky and his people in Ukraine in Time. But, yeah, I know Time is a magazine. A magazine What's is, a- it? well, it's just, anyway, um, in Time, listen to this. You know, you can read the whole thing. But let me just give you two highlights from it. Amid all the pressure to root out corruption, I assumed, perhaps naively, that officials in Ukraine would think twice before taking a bribe or pocketing state funds. But when I made this point to a top presidential advisor in early October, he asked me to turn off my audio recorder so he could speak more freely. Simon, you're mistaken. People are stealing now like there is no tomorrow. End quote. Okay. All right. Then read a little further and you find this little gem. In some branches of the military, the shortage of personnel has become even more dire than its deficit in arms and ammunition. One of Zelensky's close allies tells me that even if the U.S. and its allies come through with all the weapons they have pledged, quote, we don't have the men to use them. End quote. Wow. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, let's go on to something cheerier. Last year, our federal deficit was $1.7 trillion. Okay. The U.S. Department of Treasury, well, so you know, they, last quarter they borrowed $1.01 trillion. Okay. But that was just to cover July through September. Um, now they're borrowing uh, another $776 billion, um, and that was below Wall Street expectations. They were expecting $800 billion, so everything is, everything is good. Everything is copacetic. By the way, um, the World Bank is now cautioning. Should the con- quoting should the conflict expand beyond the borders of the Gaza Strip to be a repeat of the Arab oil embargo in 1973, oil prices could surge to one hundred and fifty seven dollars per barrel. This according to the World Bank. 
The highest price of oil on record was July 2008, when Brent traded as high as $147 per barrel. What happened in July 2008? I'm trying to think. 2008, 2008, what happened? Oh, I remember the banking crash. Why? Because people could not afford their homes. Now, think of people who have adjustable mortgages. Think of anybody who has credit card maxed out. I don't know anybody with that. Uh, and going to go to the gas station and having to pay outside of California $8 a gallon. That's the kind of stuff that's coming if there is a war. But don't worry. Don't worry. It's all it's good because we got all that electricity thing. By the way, by the way, California the grid operators there are shutting down the wind and solar farms um, because they don't have the electrical grid to carry all of the energy. So they built all the f- farms and everything, but we didn't put a big enough wire uh, coming from the farm, you know, out to your house. So now they're making more energy than they can ship anywhere. So they're shutting them down good good this is going to work out well it's going to work out well by the way when did mcdonald's become an evil clown house listen to this story mcdonald's on monday reported that its revenue was up 14 percent in the latest quarter a surge that the burger giant said was driven by strategic menu in price increases they brought in a total of $6.69 billion in revenue for a three-month period ending September 30th, beating expectations of $6.58 billion. One branch in Darien, Connecticut, is now charging as much as $18 for a Big Mac combo meal, which is a Big Mac, medium fries, and a medium soft drink. $18. Wow. Uh huh. Times Square, it's thirteen dollars, but shares of McDonald's were up one point seven percent. I mean, uh, you know, I I understand your evil clown theory here on Halloween, but like, uh, is this McDonald's fault? I don't think it's McDonald's fault. I mean, it's much more Bidenomics fault than it is McDonald's fault. Yeah. However, however, they're doing it for the stock price right now. And and there is, I know. I mean, what what, what I know. show is this? If we, are we, I mean, no. I, look, capitalism. They they are trying to make a profit. Yes, they are trying to improve their stock price. It's their financial Have you been responsibility. To McDonald's You're so healthy. You I, probably haven't. I go all the time. So yeah, okay. I'm there like 15 times a week, and okay, I am a I, bit I, defensive. I'm shocked. I am shocked at their prices. I'm shocked at the prices of McDonald's. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not the cheapest place. In the world. No, and it but, but, used to be the one where, I mean, you know, that's where fat, fat, fatties like me and then, you know, people that don't have a lot of money used to go. Now it's just us fat, fat, fatties. I mean, they still I'd gotta, like to see some other people that are struggling with something there. Look, I'm looking at the dollar, $2, $3 menu. What's on it? Sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito for breakfast, hash browns. Then a McDouble, double cheeseburger, McChicken. Chicken McNuggets, fries, and then a bunch of drinks. I mean, it's not like everything on the menu, but that's not. Look, I, well, I, I, I do think, though, 
every restaurant has had to do this. We talked oh, to uh, Pat, it, uh, Pat Gray, a purveyor yeah. of Kexi cookies, and he was telling us this is going back now over a year. But like they put so much butter in these cookies. I know the prices know. of that. He, you, you, how do you run a business you when your underlying costs ri- rise like that? We just had our first price increase in the history of our country. Now, but what did we do? Or you mean we you're meaning added, Blaze TV? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we added features. We yeah. felt like we can't just ask people for, but we have to ask people for a price increase. All the costs just, are going up. Yeah, just to maintain, and people are making. Decent money, but nobody feels like it because they can't afford anything. Yeah, and and that's, and that's Bidenomics. This is the mesmerizing part of Bidenomics to the uh, the media crew who are like, I don't understand why people don't get it. Why don't they get that inflation's come down? I, I think what people normally think of when they think of inflation coming down is prices. Prices coming down. So like you you spend a hundred dollars on you know a basket of groceries you know in two thousand nineteen. And then it goes up to $120, $130 in 2021. Inflation coming down to most people means it goes back down to, I don't know, 105, right? Mm -hmm. That's not what happens. When when the rate of inflation comes down, that rate of inflation builds off of the previously higher prices. So if you add, if it comes down from 20% to 10%, your prices don't go down from $120 to $110 for that purchase. It goes from $120 to $132, now you were already pissed off at one hundred and twenty dollars. How do you think you feel at one thirty two? You don't care if the they rate has it. gone down. They don't get it. They don't get they it. They don't get it. And look at there's a great article. We all get Ed Scary on. Um, he's a columnist for the Federalist, and and he used to work here. Who was that again? Uh, it's scary. Oh, Eddie Scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he was working um, here a while ago. And uh, so listen, to, listen to me, Red. We have to go into this maybe tomorrow. But uh, New York Times hyperinflation. A glaring liability that looms. War in Ukraine. Joe Biden marshals U.S. allies against Russia. Obscene gas prices. Biden's frustration with soaring prices. War in Israel. Why this Israeli-Gaza conflict is so complicated for Biden. He's frustrated. It's complicated. Yeah, he caused all of it. (laughs) He caused all of it. And there's no one calling him out on that. Mm. I mean, none of these things were happening with Donald Trump. None of them. None of them. You know what was happening? He was saying bad things about people. How did that affect you in your daily life, in your vacation, in your groceries, and, you know, your ability to afford gasoline? Didn't. Didn't. People believe the economy was good. For the first extended time in a very long time, going back to Bill Clinton. I mean, I was just reading a story about this the other day, looking at the polling of how people react to the economy. And people are, you know, can be generally negative on the economy sometimes. But if you go back all the way to Clinton, they thought the economy was good from the uh, late 90s into 2000 before that crash. Mm -hmm. That's where they thought it was good. And then they thought it was good from 2017 to 2019 or till... 2017 or 2018 till March 2020. And that is the end of it. And they haven't thought it recovered since. They didn't think it was good during the entire Obama administration. Part of the reason for that is it's not just like, okay, inflation, prices are a big deal, but wages are a big deal. And wages have, have grown slightly under this president, but they've grown at a much lower rate than prices have gone up. Yeah, you can't. 
people are just expected to, I don't know, tread water. You, you can't, can't tread water you when that's happening. Water. You, you go are, backwards. Yeah, you're getting heavier and heavier. Prices are going up. The water is going up, you know, and you're going down. It, you're not treading water. And, and how do you do that in a corporation? How do you tie wages to inflation? Because you'd have to tie flation, uh, um, you'd have to uh, tie prices to inflation as well. And then you get into the Jimmy Carter thing where they're like price controls. Well, then you put the businesses out because they can't afford the raw products. Yeah. Yeah. And that never works. Ever. Never works. Uh, luckily, never works. That doesn't seem but to be around the corner. Believe me. Oh, you they want so? it though. Well, I'm just saying they haven't suggested it yet. No, but they're I mean, waiting for the second term. When you look at the profile of Joe Biden issues, what's fascinating about it is I think we we spent how much time over, since October 7th most of the show on international issues. Yes, right. Um, and that happens. It comes. It ebbs and it flows. But like you look at the objectively, if you're looking at the Joe Biden international performance his international relations performance you would look at it and say it's been a disaster i mean disaster. let's be honest about it for a second even if you like joe biden this has not gone well the entire world is on fire right there are conflicts breaking out all over the place things that we did not see uh you know for, and, for, for years and years and years and years are happening again and quite honestly because of him because yeah. of Ukraine, he tried to do something different and bully all of the people through a WEF sort of way to to get rid of all of the financial ties to Russia. Russia saw that and went, whoa, you rest of your world. You want this because they can come after you. That strengthened this movement with China, who wants to destroy us as well, to go and put all new uh landlines down all new uh, uh framework out so they can avoid the western financial system entirely well whose fault is that that's joe biden yeah and if you look at his uh, group of issues the crazy part about this is ukraine and israel are his two top polling issues when people look at his performance, they say that's the best part of his presidency. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it, the approval rates are only in the 40s. It's not like he's like overwhelmingly popular on those issues. But look at the border. Look at the economy. Look at inflation. Look at all these other things. Kind of about he's the border. in the 20s in some of I these know. issues. It's horrible. It's horrible. All right. Back in just a second. Well, I will tell you, this Halloween has been a tough one for my good, dear friend, uh, Stu. He's gotten the short end of the stick today. He was first eaten by zombies and... It's been rough. Run over by my car, which I said magically came to life, but I was in the car and I was driving and oh, I was targeting. But uh, rude. I'd like to offer a little pain relief now. Good dose of relief factor for Stu. Relief factor. It's a daily supplement. Helps your body fight against that pain, Stu. 100% drug free. Developed by doctors. Helps with car being run over by cars sure you just i know you're it says on the deal to take it but you should just rub it on your body it'll oh, be okay. so much better yay searching for a better alternative uh uses a formula of ingredients things like turmeric and omega-3s that help produce uh, uh the the natural defenses in your body to reduce aches and pains and uh swelling see how relief factor can help you their three-week quick start kit 
<laughs> this music is driving. It's making it impossible for me to read. It's only nineteen ninety five, <laughs> and it comes with Relief Factor's Feel Better or Your Money Back Guarantee. So why not give it a try? Visit relieffactor.com or call eight hundred four Relief eight hundred the number four Relief. Feel the difference with relieffactor.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. We're really glad that you're here today. Thank you. We're just looking at some of the polls. Um, it it is it's it's weird to look at these polls. Donald Trump has been largely absent, which I think is actually helping him. Yep, I think so. Um, Smart strategy, as we pointed out. Well, from the I don't beginning. know if it is a strategy. I think uh, it is. I, I, there's just no need for him to be involved. You know, when you're up by 40 points. Well, yes, on the on the debate stage, yes. Yeah. But he's largely silent, um, which I think is great strategy um uh for him on that but it looks like nikki haley and desantis are the ones duking it out now yep um and uh the latest poll from iowa has them tied at 16 percent for second place um which is a big move for it's about where uh desantis has been but it, it was a, a big move for haley it's strange that both desantis and haley were tea party people mm. uh both came at the tea party and Haley, I think, is her strategy is playing away from the Trump people, which were also Tea Party people. DeSantis is playing for not the Tea Party people per se, but yeah, not yeah. not an establishment either. The top three people were Tea Party people. Haley is the most establishment of them, I think, at this point, and is going for the establishment. Uh, and maybe those uh, independent voters as well. And the, the, this news cycle helps Haley. I mean, uh, she, oh, yeah. you know, DeSantis, ah. obviously, you think more of domestic issues. You think of foreign policy issues. It's going to be more in Haley's The area. Glenn Beck Program.